Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church. You can find more great content like this online at citylight.church. Well, welcome to you. Happy Easter, although I said happy Easter to someone before and they said, can we say that on Friday? You don't have to wait till Sunday to say happy Easter. Uh, as if it's a, hey, halves, Harvey, come back this way, mate. I don't know whose kid that is. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, here we are. Uh, yeah, so good, I mean, Good Friday, we call it good, and um, yet we, like, we're not just commemorating someone's death, we're celebrating someone's death. Uh, it might be like a really bizarre thing for some people, like um, Beck and I, we bought a dog about uh, 11 years ago. She's still going strong, this dog. Uh, really intelligent um, dog. We've got a Labradoodle because Labradoodles are really cute, uh, and also because they don't shed hair. And so we got this Labradoodle who did not look like, does, still doesn't look like a Labradoodle at all, like uh, not, not, a, not a beautiful, like fluffy dog, will look like, looks like a giant rat. Uh, and she sheds hair everywhere, uh, which is, <clears throat> I mean, the exact, oh man, it's the opposite of what we want in a dog. Lovely dog though, still going strong, 11 years, you know, wonderful dog. Uh, not at all what we wanted. Uh, we got this dog from what we later found out was a puppy farm. And when the owner of this puppy farm died in a car accident, uh, we saw people uh, joyfully, um, just joyous and happy at the death of this dude uh, online, all of the Facebook and, and blogs and other kinds of media and stuff like that, like, yay, this is amazing, got what he deserved. And we're like, oh my goodness, like, there's people celebrating in the, the death of this guy who, you know, for sure, perhaps allegedly mistreated animals. Uh, and then you look at someone like, I remember just even a couple of years ago, more famously, somebody like uh, Osama bin Laden gets taken out and uh, people around the world, you know, yeah, it is amazing, this guy's, this guy's dead. What a fantastic thing to have happened in the world. <clears throat> this person has died. Usually it's not, it's not like that when people die. Uh, I went to a funeral uh, on Wednesday afternoon of a really, like, fan, I think at least fantastic uh, younger woman, 35 years old, died of cancer. Uh, she's been a missionary in Central Asia. I can't say where exactly, but, like, uh, a really... You do not go travelling there for anything. You can't fly there on the holiday or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I tell you what, hundreds upon hundreds of people coming together to, to mourn this person's death, celebrate her life and her new life in Jesus, for sure, but also mourning her death, not, not celebrating her death, Right? And yet, we come to Good Friday, and we call it Good Friday, as we celebrate the death of Jesus. And it might seem, for someone who's not, <clears throat> not a Christian, doesn't have faith in Jesus, uh, it might seem like the most bizarre thing to do, to celebrate the death of, uh, if you want to look at it from a secular perspective, of, of your religion's founder, of the person you believe is God, to celebrate that death seems like the most bizarre backward, foolish, ridiculous thing. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this. Like Good Friday, the day that we celebrate the only perfect person's death. We celebrate God who came into his own creation because of his great love for us. We, we celebrate his, that guy's death. It's amazing that we would do this. That we'd call it Good Friday we celebrate his death. <clears throat> but I want to actually make a case today for why that's actually a really great thing, that we should do that. I was 
foolish and ridiculous as it might seem, I want to do it in like 15 minutes, if that's all right. Because I know you guys are really keen on hot cross buns and getting out and enjoying your long weekend uh, and, and obviously thinking about Jesus. And so I want to start this long weekend by thinking about him. Um, and to do that, I want to take you all the way back to the night before he uh, was killed. So in, in our times, Good Friday now, it'll be last night where he gathered his disciples together for the Passover meal, for this, uh, for this last supper. And it, it wasn't just a last supper. They weren't just getting together. It, they were celebrating something. They were celebrating Passover. That's actually really central and crucial and, and uh, essential to know that they're celebrating the Passover. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 11. It says, uh, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians about the Lord's Supper. That the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he gave thanks he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. <clears throat> this is what Paul's saying. Are uh, you proclaiming the Lord's death, even celebrating his death until he comes? Every time we gather together, so we do this every single week uh, as we gather together as the church. That's why I know um, some DGs do it in their DGs and families do it and people do it when they have people around to celebrate and remember and proclaim the death of Jesus until he comes again. So here we have this, um, here we have this scene, Jesus with all of his, all his closest disciples uh, and some depictions all sitting on the one side of the table. That's probably not how it went down. Probably in a, a, like around a table or around a room. Uh, probably sitting on the floor or very close to the floor. And, and as they would have done dozens, maybe hundreds of times before, sharing a meal together. <clears throat> but only a couple of times before would they have been sharing this Passover meal. Specifically remembering that time way, way, way back in the days of Moses. You may know this story if you grew up around church or you've been a Christian for a while. Uh, Pharaoh refused to let God's people, the Israelites, out of captivity, out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, they've made movies about it. There can be miracles when you believe. Uh, <clears throat> so God brings plague after plague after plague until one day God says, I'm, I'm going to kill every firstborn son. Every firstborn son in this whole country is going to die unless, unless your house is covered by the blood of the Passover lamb. So this is, this is what they're remembering. So if we go back to Exodus 12, this is what it says from verse 5, talking about this Passover feast. Your lamb shall be without blemish. It's going to be a perfect lamb. A male, a year old, you may take it from a sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head and its legs and its inner parts, and you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. <clears throat> in this manner you shall eat it. With your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. 
For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I'll strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I'll execute judgments. I am Yahweh. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you, and when I strike the land of Egypt. So this is God um, telling his Israelites, telling his people what is about to happen and how they will not come under that same judgment as everybody else by being covered, the houses being covered by the blood of a perfect lamb. And the next 10 verses after this, um, uh, Moses goes on, or God tells Moses uh, about 10 verses about how this bread should be prepared and the significance and how important the bread is. And <clears throat> and so we, now we like fast forward to this Passover feast where they're celebrating the blood with the cup, they're celebrating um, the lamb uh, of, of the, the lamb that would take away their sin or that would uh, cover over the Lord's judgment as he came. And Jesus is taking this bread and he says, this is my body. He's saying this, this was where you remember from, uh, from of old when God saved you by passing over your own unrighteousness because you were covered by um, the bread, this is, this is what it means. The bread was pointing to me. And later he takes a cup and he says, uh, you, you remember the Israelites, your people, your, your ancestors were covered by the blood of the spotless lamb. He says, I am that spotless lamb. That's me. That's what I have come to do and to be and that's who I am. Everything that was from of old, everything that I've been, I've been doing in the past, that's all pointed to right now. He is revealing that he is the Passover lamb. He's talked about himself as the lamb a number of times already and now here he's just explicitly equating himself with the God of Passover, with the God of saving his people out of sin, out of slavery, um, out of captivity, out of death, by himself becoming that sacrificial lamb. He's the one that would take their sins away. He is the one who would uh, cause the wrath of the holy and just God to pass over them and to pour out onto him. He's the one on whom they need to place their hope. He's the better Passover lamb. This is what Jesus is saying. This is before he even gets to the cross. This is what he's saying. This is what, this is what I'm about to do. This is who I am. This is what I've come for. It's for this very thing. I am the Passover lamb. I'm going to die so that you don't have to die. This is, this, is the, this is the transaction that happened back in Egypt. The lamb dies and you're covered by the blood of the lamb so that you don't die. And Jesus is saying, it's the same with me. In fact, all of that just pointed to me. This is my blood of the new covenant. That was the old covenant. The old covenant. If you're covered by the blood of the lamb, you'll be spared. The new covenant is, if you're covered by my blood you'll be spared. That's, that's what's going on here. He died so that they didn't have to. He died so that you don't have to. It's amazing. This is why we're celebrating it at Easter. This is why we can say on Friday when we, when we talk about the death of the perfect one, like the holy one, the, the most uh, beautiful and magnificent and uh, just wonderful person ever, and not just person ever like in, in our history, but in all of existence, uh, that we can celebrate his death because his death brings us life. This is how uh, Romans 6 says this. 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now this is more of a Sunday kind of message, so we won't touch too much on the resurrection. We'll get there on Sunday. But who's saying, uh, how, how are we included in Christ's death? Uh, because by the symbol of baptism, we, we are baptised into his death. It's like we're going down with him, and then when we come out of the water, it's like we're being raised up with him again. We're sharing his death, because his death is the, the pure and the perfect sacrificial death for us, covering and atoning for all of our sin. And when we, when we uh, raise up out of the water, it's like and represents us being raised with him into newness of life. Verse 5, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him. Our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So again, this is, this is Paul telling us what's happening on the cross, uh, which was foreshadowed all the way back from Passover. They would pass over our sin because we were covered by the blood of the Lamb. <clears throat> so we'd no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. So what does that mean for us? That would celebrate Jesus' death, the perfect Holy One's death. Not just a holy man, but God himself who became one of us to come for us. Uh, we celebrate his death because in his death we have also died to sin. In his death we have died to our slavery. In his death uh, we have died to our rebellion against God. We become not just not his enemies any longer, not just neutral third parties, but his friends and his family. And not just that, but scripture tells us even here we are, we are in him. We're in Christ. We're in the Holy One. We're in the perfect one. We've shared in his death by believing in his death and having his, uh, the fruit and the works of his death applied to us in righteousness. So he took all of our sin and all of God's wrath for us and gave to us all of his righteousness, all of his perfection and his right standing with the Father. And so we are now dead to our old selves and alive in him. This is why we celebrate Friday. This is how we can say it's Good Friday. We also have this like, great perspective that we can look back. Um, we don't have to wait those three days before Sunday came. We can look back with this great hindsight of, of living after the fact and know that death indeed didn't hold him down. So we don't call it good just because Jesus died. We call it good because of what his love purchased for us on the cross. That's why I call it good. You don't remember it. Man, this is, this is the day. This is the day we... Uh, today didn't happen. Friday didn't happen. Uh, there's no celebrating Sunday. There's no celebrating the power of a risen Christ if, if what that means is that our enemy is the most powerful being in all of existence. 
That's not good news. That our enemy can smite us with a thought. That's not good news. Good news is that he's no longer our enemy. The good news is that he has become our, not just our friend, but our saviour and our king and our father and Jesus, our brother. This is good news. This is Good Friday. We don't call it good frivolously. We don't call it good because we get hot cross buns and chocolate on Sunday. Uh, We call it good sober-mindedly. We call it good remembering that he is the sacrificial lamb, the perfect one, the very son of God who hung on a tree, beaten and bloodied, despised. He took our wrath in his death, and in his death he took God's wrath as well for us. That's amazing. We need to think about and meditate on and um, just increase our, our awe and, and understanding and reverence of who Jesus is and what he's done for us on the cross what his love means for us. That he would go, not just to the cross and bear a a brutal, bloody death for us, uh, but also taking upon him all of the the wrath of a holy and just God for our own sin. That is amazing. It's good. That's why we call it good. That's why we remind ourselves of every time we take communion. We don't just celebrate it on Good Friday, we celebrate it every time we gather around the Lord's table. Uh, it wasn't just the last supper, it was the last Passover because we have now a new and better Passover lamb to celebrate. So we don't celebrate Passover as Christians, we recognise it in light of Jesus being the newer and the better, uh, the bringer of a new covenant by being the newer, better um, sacrificial lamb. We're going to participate in communion now and remember Jesus. And remember his death on that cross uh, certainly we're going to celebrate on Sunday about his resurrection and we don't have to sit in, in like somber loss between now and then. We can celebrate his resurrection today. Um, but, but in Lewis Sunday, we want to remember, rightly remember, uh, what he came to do was to die for you and for me, uh, to fulfill that Passover promise that God would come for his people, uh, that the lamb would die instead of us that his wrath would pass over those covered by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, and if you are covered by the blood of the Lamb, and then you are f- you're no longer slave- in slavery, no longer slaves, um, you're no longer en- enemies of God or enmity with him, uh, but you are at peace with him. That's what we celebrate when we celebrate Jesus' death. We celebrate what he purchased for us in his death. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending uh, the, the pure and holy and spotless uh, Son of God. Thank you for uh, sending the one who uh, deserved really nothing of what he received. He paid everything for us, all of it and yet deserved all of our praise and deserves all of our praise still. And Father, in light of what he's done, in light of fulfilling that Passover promise, um, we want to worship in truth, in spirit, with uh, all of our hearts and minds and soul and strength and body. We want to rightly acknowledge who you are and uh, who we were without you and who we are in you. And as we take these elements, the 
bread and the cup, uh, we do remember that you are that new and better Passover lamb, the spotless one, the perfect one, uh, that the bread um, tells us of your body that was destroyed for us, the blood for your, uh, the uh, juice, the cup for your blood that was poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. And we, we do, we participate in your death because we want to participate in the newness of life that comes from you and in you only. And so we do these things, we remember you, uh, we praise you, we thank you. Um, help us to live in light of this Good Friday every day. Help us to have your praise uh, upon our lips and our hearts every day. And we pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church, or to donate to the work of City Light Church, visit us online at www.citylight.church.